This okay, we're, we're, we're brought to you by. <laughs> um, well, this is Excel's podcast, Extra Talks, Extra Talents that we'll be having on the show. And today we got special, special guest, Jesse Grant, and he is a character. Um, yeah, uh, well, he, he has a lot of unique, unique mind, I think, and uh, I want to hear his thoughts. And this is not for anybody listening, it's no way this is a debate. This is just us talking and chatting and talking about, you know, the things that Jesse, um, his ideologies and everything. And I'm interested in hearing him. Um, and so, and I also have my co-host, Syrian Punk. So, Syrian Punk as well. Right here. And we're going to start off today. We're going to cap it off with what I had a poll on Instagram. And I asked people, should celebrities get involved in politics? And it was 50-50. I had uh, people say that, yes, they should get involved, and but they shouldn't get involved, and no, they shouldn't get involved. And so, yeah, that, that, that's a 50-50. And I, it's crazy that we're even talking about this, that we're getting to the point where we are excluding a group of people out of having a voice in politics. What do you think, Jesse? Well, uh, here's my view on it, man, because, like, there's a there's a fine book. It's called Society uh, and the Spectacle. It's called uh, yeah. It's by uh, Guy Debord. And the thing is, this book is about uh, quite literally what it says: society and the spectacle. Now, the spectacle is pretty much anything, like particularly pertaining to a commodity. Anything uh, that we have, you know, we give a certain amount of adulation and uh, prestige to, like celebrities. Uh, for example, in that case. Mm-hmm. And so the whole concept of fame in itself, you know, is a concept, you know, unique to the kind of society we have. Right. You know, we have a very uh, I, I would say our society fetishizes commodities as every other um, mm-hmm. capitalist country does. And so, like, it, for example, if you're to buy a Coca-Cola, you know, pretty right. much. Like that drink has almost entirely monopolized all soft drinks. When everybody, you know, when somebody says, hey, you know, get me a drink, they don't say, like, give me a soft drink. They say, like, go get me a Coke. Right. So, like, right. Or, yeah. or if they say you need to look something up, go Google it. So there's commodity fetishism there. And with Coca Cola, you know, it popularized, it was popularized by, excuse me, um, using Santa Claus and a polar bear. Right. So we know those cultural icons and those images, uh, that iconography uh, has become synonymous, you know, with that product and with those things. Uh, but as for the celebrities themselves being of the spectacle, just as that Santa Claus and the polar bear is with Coca-Cola, um, we, we attain, um, excuse me, we, we assign a, a certain amount of prestige and, you know, value to what a celebrity has to say. And right. with that said, you know, their voice has a lot of power. They have a higher, you know, platform than certainly, you know, you and I do. Right, um, right. But the thing is, they, they're people too. They're, you know, they're American citizens. And of course they get, you know, their opinions. And right. th- they're allowed to have those. But the thing is, you know, their platform, if they something, say something stupid, you know, that is demonstrably uh, false or they say something what kind of uh, 
yeah, yeah. it'll be a risk they're taking for sure so, so yeah it'll be oh it'll definitely be a risk the celebrities are taking if they go political and i, I don't i don't my yeah um you're right on that um but the thing is do can can we say that celebrities don't have a voice in politics because they're biased because they have a level of bias basically yeah yeah well to a degree or another we all are biased but the thing is there's a lot of americans in this country that even though they have an implicit bias uh they vote against their interests for example you have people in the republican party you know that's a, that's a very uh pro, mm -hmm. pro uh country club party right there and you know i, I see a lot of middle class people voting in favor of that party simply because they are you know rightfully so worried about a lot of things in you know this country that don't really quite make sense you know you got it's very easy to get distracted into you know to to lose sight of what's really going on and what's what's up with the other side you right. know i'm not a republican or a democrat uh -huh. but there's a lot of people and i i think that a lot of people would you know agree with this that are in fact uh voting against their interests for that reason that they are simply just distracted. Uh -huh. I think that comes with that. Now, most people distracted as in what distracted as in they lose sight of, you know, stuff like their bottom line. You're not as worried about like what's going on with your bank account, what's going on with the economy, you know, stuff that can literally mm. determine your future. And people worry about, you know, canceling Dr. Seuss. So they worry about, you know, how right. a man sits in a chair and stuff like that. The more media side of it, exactly. So, so, and okay, my my position on that, I would say that I think everybody should have a voice in politics. But the thing is, I don't consider racism political. Um, I think when you're racist, or you make a homophobic comment, or you make a you know a xenophobic comment, at that point, that's not political. I think at that point, you're just a douchebag, and you definitely need to just shut up and sit yeah. down. I don't, I don't know but, why absolutely. that's political. That never made sense to me. But if you're saying I want to uh, and uh, vote for Biden, like The Rock did, Dwayne Johnson, nothing wrong with that. He, I think he has a right to do that, um, and, and vice versa. Even if he said Donald Trump, I still think he has a right to do that. It's his opinion. And if he wants to do that, he can. And just like any other person can get in front of a camera and do it, um, I, I don't think that's going to affect. And I, honestly, I don't think that affects the election as much as people think it does. People think that when a celebrity says vote for <clears throat> such and such, that it's automatically going to go in favor of that person. I don't believe that's true. Um, at the end of the day, it's all political. It's all opinionated. And there's the facts. And the facts will never leave people's eyes. They will never lose sight of facts. Um, so no matter what a celebrity says, if there are facts that overrule that celebrity, that's going to happen. And that no, you can't say nothing about it. It's just it's going to happen. So at that point, right. you're just a good candidate. And you just got – and somebody, a celebrity came up and said, hey, y'all should vote for this candidate. And the candidate was good, and he won the, the whole – uh, election um now people don't agree that donald trump won they think that donald trump won do you think that's true do you think that trump won the election or yeah do you think it was rigged like you know so many think right, right. so I, I believe that's a 2020 election although you know we don't really get a total choice in how we choose any of our politicians right like these right. people come up before us and they say hey i want to run 
and you know everything they're running on and everything they're about you have to vote for that you're not voting issue by issue you're voting for that person and it's a total mm-hmm. package and right. so like you know one would become self-obsessed in that and they're like oh well you're voting all about me right so like it's not at this point like when we vote it's about the person so you're not exactly like really voting issue by issue but the thing is uh people did not vote for donald trump he did not get elected in my view i I think that joe biden won that election and we saw that with uh the georgia senate elections with john ossoff and uh Mm -hmm. Um, what was his name Raphael uh, Warnock Uh, Mm -hmm. they both won their elections in Georgia and that proved that you know three consecutive elections later uh, two Senate elections and a presidential one that just proves right there that you know at least Georgia wasn't rigged and that was the one most people were like really not expecting to go uh, for Joe Biden but it it did in my view yeah Man, the main thing about um, celebrities being in politics is a lot of people tend to think that, you know, they're they're satisfied in life. They already have what they need. They don't really struggle or suffer what people like, you know, the common person does. And so people feel like, you know, they, they need to just just stop whining and stay out of it. Let people that are actually going through it, you know, to to have their voice. And I mean, like, personally, I don't think that's fair. I mean, you see a lot of celebrities donating. Why don't you tell them then to stay out of politics? Right, right. Yeah. And the donations are a big part, I think. But then the moment they stop saying, start saying things that you don't like, all of a sudden, oh, hey, stay out of politics. And it's, and, it's, and it's no offense to, um, I don't know if you're a conservative, um, but you said you're not Republican, so I'm guessing you're not a conservative. But, no, no, sir. I'm a communist. <laughs> right. And so, oh yeah, yeah. Um, and I've I've mostly heard conservatives say that celebrities should stay out of politics, and I'm just like, you're the same people that say that you can't take the right of speech, um, freedom of speech, freedom of speech, and I'm just like, you keep saying that, but then you don't think celebrities should have a voice. It doesn't make sense to me. Um, but anyways, you know, it's it's whatever if they don't want their voice at the end of the day they're gonna get a voice and whether they like it or right. not they need to sit down it's a lot of contradictions in every you know part yeah, yeah. it is very contradictory because like if you look at their biggest icons donald trump and ronald reagan ronald reagan right. was a hollywood actor yeah he was donald yeah. trump was a tv show host yeah that's, yeah, that's, that's exactly. the spectacle mm-hmm. um well i mean that's enough with the celebrity part of it. Um, well, it's actually, yeah. we, we, we milked that one. <laughs> yeah, we definitely milked that one. Um, and I like your views on it. You, you, I think you hit it like you, you hit it very good. Um, I like the view but I, I kind of want to get into. Uh, you're a big fan of WWE, right? Re- yes, uh, wrestling. Yes. You are. Absolutely. Are you still WWE wrestling? John Cena. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, man, I'm not gonna lie to you. Since CM Punk left. I have not been able to ever watch it again. Uh, it's I, I believe it's at its moments, but relatively speaking, the product is like far, far behind what it used to be. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I agree with CM Punk, too. I think that CM Punk had a big role, um, and he just left, and I, I stopped watching it after he left, too. I was like, nah. Dang, man, you're spitting. 
I agree with Siri and Punk. CM Punk. Like, that was good. Yeah, that was good. I run. No, but um, I, I have a question <laughs> for you. Um, what? Who would be your all-time top five wrestlers, like WWE wrestlers of all time? Oh, goodness me. Okay, so with <laughs> me, it's it's tied between Chris Jericho and Shawn Michaels. That's my all-time favorite. Oh, damn. That's nice. That's a great list to begin with. Okay. So Shawn Michaels, Chris Jericho. All right. What's your other three? My other three. All right. I'm trying to think. So Jericho, Michaels. I'm a big fan of Kurt Angle. I think he's Me great. Me too. He, he's absolutely wonderful. Great talent. You know, great in-ring work. Awesome promo. Olympic gold medal with a broken freaking neck. Can't forget that. Yeah, broken, broken freaking neck. Exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we almost have the same list already. All right. So Shawn Michaels, Chris Jericho, Kurt Angles, Kurt Angle. Uh, I'm I'm gonna say one you probably you know may not have expected. I think you know the Hardy Brothers. That they're okay. they're oh my and Jeff. Great. There you go. That's a nice list. I I, did, I actually didn't mind that list. Uh, yeah, that's that's pretty good. I mean, literally not one that I disagree with. <laughs> yeah, Jeff Jeff Hardy was a freaking risk taker. Man, Jeff Hardy, I I can't believe that guy is still alive and kicking. Man, he done things. I was like, how'd you not break your neck? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, yeah, that guy would jump. Yeah, I don't know. That's crazy. Yeah, they, Matt they Hardy. Had, um, yeah, Matt Hardy had what? Yeah, same with Matt Hardy. I mean, they both were icons. Right, yeah. I mean, they, they recently had, like, a Money in the Bank pay-per-view, and I mm. thought, like, they were going to make like, – I thought Vince McMahon was going to make Jeff Hardy jump off, like, the skyscraper. one time bomb. Right, that would be that would have been awesome if that happened again. <laughs> but, like, look at it then and now. Um, like, do you think it fell off, or do you think it's better? Do you think it's still consistent? What, what, what do you – what's your thought on that? I, I don't think it even comes close, and let me tell you why. There's a number of factors here. I agree. I, I think the two biggest ones, in my view, is they started scripting promos. Now they had, like, this guy, Kevin Dunn, come out and actually sit down and write these out instead mm -hmm. of letting wrestlers speak off the fly, and, you know. I, right, I, that's I find my thing. That, yeah, that, that the genuine, you know, that, that recognizes genuine talent. You know, Bret Hart, uh, I'm a big fan of Bret Hart, man. But like, right. bless his heart, like he he couldn't he wasn't that great with the promos in my view, and he 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 wasn't that amazing of a speaker as opposed to somebody like you know Stone Cold Steve Austin or the Rock or CM Punk or Dwayne Johnson or yeah CM Punk or Roddy Piper too. yeah Roddy Piper too yeah um yeah I agree I mean what so you don't like the scripting no I I don't like the scripting but the thing about Bret Hart here's the point I was gonna make. He's not that great of a speaker, but when he had his mind right and he had it set on what his goal was as a character, mm -hmm. he cut great promos, even better than probably his brother Owen. That he cut these amazing, right. genuine promos because they really came from the heart. You want to know where where that's from, though? You want to know why he cut some good promos? Because How's I think Shawn Michaels pushed him to do so. Him and Shawn Michaels had a big rivalry off outside of WWE as well. So oh, I, I think when they were on when they were on stage, which was on, in the ring, they 
really hated each other and they had that genuine feeling. Everything they were saying on the mic was like authentic. And yes, I read a doc. I mean, I, I watched a documentary on it. Yeah. So, I mean, it was authentic. And I think that's what pushed Bret Hart to kind of get those nice promos. Yeah. And Shawn Michaels is already a creative guy when it comes to promos. And so that, and plus that, they and beefed then, really, really right. badly in real life. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, we'll never forget the, Montre job? the Montreal, Montreal screw job. Yeah. yeah. That was crazy. Yeah. yeah. The, um, Survivor Series 1997. Yeah. That was, cr that was, uh, that was, that was a crazy one. Under Undertaker went back there knocking on uh, Vince McMahon's door. <laughs> yeah. I heard, I heard he, um, if Undertaker was knocking on my door, I would be scared shitless. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. <laughs> I probably would be too. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, nope, I'm not. I'm, I'm out. I'm not here. Um, yeah. So that that was crazy. I do agree that what's his name, uh, Bret Hart, does have some bad promos, and the scripting is bad. Okay, I don't like. I don't mind the outlining, but I hate the scripting where you have to do it word for word. And I think Roman Reigns has a problem with that now. He has yeah. to do it word for word. He's the worst at promos. I've never heard anybody as bad as Roman Reigns when it comes to cutting promos. Well, well hang on. Now, 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 let me defend Roman here, all right? Because, like, recently, <laughs> have you seen the recent product? I actually haven't. So, Roman Reigns is actually a great promo now. Now? Yes. Ever since that. And you know, like, you know Paul Heyman, right? He's paired with Paul Heyman. Oh, yeah. Heyman is very, very good. Well, Heyman yeah. is a GOAT. I'm yeah. going to drop a shocker on you. Okay. When I was watching this, I actually thought Roman's promo was better than Paul Heyman. And that's probably because Paul Heyman's mm. uh, promos is, you know, the quality of it is due to the fact that he's getting older. Right. Have you seen the John Cena and Roman Reigns promo where John Cena was schooling Roman Reigns? Oh, for sure. Cena's always been a great promo. But he schooled him. He was like... Uh, big dog, you're going to need to know how to cut a promo, so you're going to might as well learn it now. And I'm like, dude, you are getting <laughs> slaughtered right now. Golly. Yeah, yeah. Then he, then he told them I can do this better part-time. Better can can full-time. Full yeah, that was amazing. Yeah. So, did you did you like CM Punk? How did you think – how did you feel about him? I think CM Punk was, was pretty good. Now, here's my problem with CM Punk. I don't I – don't, I couldn't see him necessarily – uh, in the same capacity as I would, you know, like in the ring with somebody like Chris Benoit, retro Chris Jericho, right? Stone Cold Steve Austin. I don't think it would have been exactly the same. He he was good for his era, and he was exactly what they needed uh -huh. for that time, right? Uh, but I couldn't see him like in that. I think I could see too. him with Chris Jericho. I mean, him and him, his rivalry with Chris Jericho was good. Uh, I don't see. He made uh, Jeff Hardy retire or quit or something. Um, when he first started coming up as a rest, like as a big wrestler, won the money in the bank, and he was like, that's when he was starting to get out into his prime. Held the WWE champion for like how many, like a year and a half? Uh, I think four hundred and thirty-four days, something like that. Right, and I could see him in Stone Cold actually putting off a great rivalry, like a great storyline. I really can see that. But really, he quit and he went to the UFC and uh, failed. Um, pretty bad. I didn't even last three fights. But, anyways, that that's a whole other story to get into. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Felt bad for him on that. But yeah, you you could tell WWE still takes jab at CM Punk though. Like here and there, like yeah, yeah they I, definitely don't like him. Do they still do the CM Punk? 
So yeah, yeah, I think they still do the chance. Any, anytime post. Stephanie McMahon opens her mouth, that's all the crowd chant. <laughs> that's Dude, I'm not gonna lie, that is so that awesome. Is I bet that hurts her really badly. Yeah, no, she always roasts them. She always ends up like roasting the crowd out. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> that's like, funny. Bean-headed <laughs> wife. That's yeah, that's what we call her. <laughs> Bean-headed wife, doofus son-in-law. Yeah. Uh, the thing I liked yeah. about seeing Punk is he always, always broke the fourth wall. He always did, and I love that. It just made it feel more realistic, you know? He, he, did, he did make it feel realistic. I feel like him and uh, Triple H really had a, uh, like a personal beef going on, on in the ring. Yeah. And Triple H always is good on the mic. Anytime he goes in against anyone on the mic, he's always giving them a run. Oh, run yeah. For yeah. Triple monies. H is, uh, yeah, he, yeah, he's good on the mic. That's probably something I disagree with Bret Hart on. Bret Hart said that uh, Triple H was a four out of 10 wrestler. Oh, really? Yeah. I, mean, I think, I think he really a, hates Triple H. That's a little level of bias, though. I mean, I mean, he, 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 I don't think he likes him, does he? I don't know. I, I think I think Triple H was part of the Montreal screw job, wasn't he? He like spoke to no, Vince no, McMahon. no. Triple H was part of the uh, curtain call where you know Razor Ramon, Shawn Michaels, right, right, where they hugged. They all, and, all uh, hugged, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's where he was part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, yeah. Enough of with WWE. We then and now, and I think and my conclusion is I will say that it definitely fell off. I like the blood and gore that they used to have. Where they had no boundaries, uh, very little scripting, and uh, that's the way I liked it. Where it was more savage, more fast tempo, and everybody was, you know, anticipating to watch every match. That's that was when I liked it. And that that was going to be my second thing too. That it it needs to be more realistic. Unfortunately, it doesn't look realistic. It looks right. like a cartoon. Right, right. Um, well, I want to add just one more thing is. I don't really like now if I tune into WWE, you see the ring posts are all like, you know, colorful and like just splashing like weird. Yeah. Like, no, I mean, I don't mind that. Like that's I'm not complaining. You know, that's something really weird to complain about. I'm just saying that gives off more of a child. I just, I just miss that old like just the old school. hardcore. Vibe, yeah, but, yeah. I mean, I get the marketing, you know, I get the um. That they just right. want to kill to the kids' audience. Right, right. Yeah. I get that. We get the marketing yeah. strategy. And it's all good. I wish John Cena would just turn hill and just change everything, but that's not going to happen. Anyways. John Cena and I was too focused on Hollywood, but hey, I would be too if I was him. <laughs> <You know>? Yeah. <laughs> but anyways. Yeah, yeah so I'm gonna, we're going to go ahead and uh, – did you want to say anything else about that or – No, no. Okay, all right. Um. I kind of want to get into this because I, I have a business. I own a business and stimulus checks are really hurting my employees right now. Um, yes. Like uh, my employment. I my guess empl- you could say. Yeah, hiring people. I can't hire nobody because of the stimulus checks. and, I, and Even some know, restaurants we go to are understaffed. Yeah, they're understaffed. And I, th- I think there's a lot of restaurants that are be- being understaffed right now because people are just getting their stimulus checks and then drawing unemployment. What do you think about that? So here, here's my view about the stimulus checks. I think that it didn't really come with that much, you know, business relief. And unfortunately, there was just too much, like, direct money, direct money, throw money at it, you know. I don't right. think that necessarily helps anybody. If you're going to th- – this is what I don't understand about the inconsistency of Democrats. You know, I was picking on Republicans earlier. Now I'm going to pick on Democrats. That, right. uh, they, uh, on one hand – they argue that, yes, we should do the lockdowns. Yes, we should quarantine and we should do this and we should do that. 
Mm-hmm. But this whole idea of the stimulus checks, you know, why do we have money, brother? We have it because of buying commodities, right? You got to go out and buy stuff. You got to pay your bills. You got to right. buy new clothes. And the kids got to buy food. Prevent that. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And the thing about that is if you're going to tell these businesses to close down, then what the hell am I buying? Right. And so um, there's just like a pool of money. And I think this is an effort for them to, you know, try and, uh, deflate because they know if you you got all this money sitting at home that you really can't spend that much of Uh, keep in mind that was the idea of the stimulus checks oh it you know wouldn't increase inflation because the money's being injected right back into the economy well otherwise in any other setting that would be true where we do have a fully open economy where people can use that money to reinvest in the economy and they can spend it as needed as per, you know, increasing Mm -hmm. their purchasing power. Uh, But there is no purchasing power now because you can't purchase. And so like it it really, I think in my view is they're trying to use that as a way to deflate money. Cause if they have all this money sitting around, you can't use then that's just what it's going to do. If it's not being used, it's going to sit around. And when it does that, it's going to deflate and it's going to go up in value after the pandemic. Mm -hmm. But we're not on lockdown. Like, I don't know why they're still doing it. We're not on lockdown. There's no necessary, there's no necessity for it. Like it's just, Hopefully it doesn't by make July sense. there will be enough uh, people that. But when you think that because we're on lockdown, yeah, now we'd need it, but we're not on lockdown. People are still, well, we still get customers. We get a shitload of customers and we have no workers. Um, we have some workers, but not enough. So, well, maybe Why? they said, fuck it. Why work if I can just be the customer? Right. There you go. <laughs> uh, I mean, I can see the logic, but at the same time, it's really hurting the employment rate right now, I think. Um, my biggest fear, personally, is money's value to go down. Like, one of my biggest fears is one day a dollar being, uh, like, useless, like, completely useless, kind of getting there right now. Like a $20 but like... Sometimes you feel like if you have a hundred dollar bill, you're not gonna last. Yeah, you're barely. Yeah, you're yeah. barely even get by. Yeah, and that's yeah. to me that scares me. I don't. I would like for that to be not like that. <laughs> you know, like yeah, different. Where a hundred dollars is like a big deal. Like holy shit, this can last you almost a week. Now I, it won't I, last I, you a day if you really needed it. That's true. But that's absolutely true. And I, that's one of my biggest fears too. It happened in after World War One, right? Um, you know. Money kept being printed out and people were burning it, too much of it. And I'm like, but do you, you know. think, do you um, think that it'll be like that again one day or no? It's the money eventually is going to decrease its value. Oh, uh, I'm really, I'm really terrified at the thought of that happening because, you know, when we had the Weimar Republic, you know, what you were just describing, uh, the Nazis happened. And that's what ended up tightening the money. You know, the Nazis came in and they started. <clears throat> doing away with all this capital investment abroad. And so they were able to tighten the money supply and spend it only in Germany. And they expanded the you know borders of Germany and, you know, how that one went. Uh, mm-hmm. But I'm really scared that, you know, uh, I don't think Donald Trump is a Nazi. I don't think that uh, he's really <laughs> even a fascist. I don't think he's smart enough to be a fascist. But And, and fa- fascists aren't smart, so that's telling you something. Uh, but the thing Who, is... Trump? Mm-hmm. Are you talking about Trump? Yeah. Yeah, I'm talking about okay. Trump. 
But if a figure with the similar beliefs just cranked up to 10 of Donald Trump, we can easily see that because Joe Biden, he's weak. He's very weak. He's very frail. And he's I can see that he's a very big pushover. And so if a true insurrection came, not like what we saw, you know, uh, with the kitty mittens over there at the uh, Capitol riots, that's nothing. That's nothing <laughs> compared to what happened at the Reichstag. <laughs> so if that sort of thing happened here in America, I can easily see Joe Biden backing down. But Joe Biden bombed Syria, did he not? He did bomb Syria, but that's just it. He's a he's a war hawk in the sense that he wants to, you know, hurt every other country when it comes to, you know, here directly in uh, things he can see. Like he's not over there in Syria. If he was, he'd be shitting his pants. Oh, that's course. why he's like, that's why he wants to send everyone else over there because he's scared to go over there. But ben, if it the comes to his front door, they'll kill him. They'll kill him, and he'll be he'll let him because he's afraid. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think Biden is a. Well, he still has a lot, long time to go. I, I think I, I don't want to judge his president, uh, president, you know, his Presidency, office, yeah. yeah, his seat right now. But in my opinion, it's never about the president. Um, it's kind of like okay, it's weird because I think it's kind of useless to vote because the president doesn't ultimately doesn't make the decisions. Um, yeah, it's, it's your local offices, yeah. Right, and so that's what's important to me. Um, and so when I see, you know, oh, Biden uh, attacks Syria, I don't see it like that. I just see it as the people around him wanted to do that to Syria because of the Iranian militia that was there, um, which I don't know if I agree or disagree with that because I don't really – I haven't read into it, and I don't want to make my opinion on it yet until I know more about the subject. But right. You know, he did it. And so he's like, to me, I think that proved that he's not as frail as people say he is, at least not yet, because we still have a long to go. And when President Donald Trump, former President Donald Trump, when he urged those people to riot and then they went to the Capitol and they did all that, um, who like Trump had no control over that. And then Trump just said, go back home. And then they go back home, like as if I don't know if you've seen SpongeBob where Plankton had them all wearing those helmets, where he controlled literally everything they were doing. That's literally how it looked. And this like. SpongeBob came in the clutch with that guitar, just snapping yeah, all yeah, these yeah, buckets yeah. out. The final, yeah, the final. Maybe yeah. SpongeBob. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll be SpongeBob. Oh no, no, for real though, that's how it looked like. It looked like a bunch of people who were just like uh, brainwashed, just following orders. And then when they say go back home, they go right back home. And I'm like, this is weird. Um, I've never seen anything more weird than that. But, yeah, I, I guess that's just how it is. It is hurting our economy. Um, but it's also going to help our economy after, like you said. I agree about the the plan, about how people will use it to invest and to get the economy starting again after this whole pandemic blows over. Uh, but right. we don't have lockdown down here. Yeah, and that and that's not just exclusive to those checks. It also goes for things like a fifteen dollar minimum wage. Right now, you can't exactly do that because of the same li- uh, reasons I listed before. Nobody's spending, so who right. the hell's going to pay you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and you you said that you're having trouble hiring people right now, and I understand that. That makes sense, but uh, yeah, 
a fifteen dollar minimum wage. Like we we've waited too long to do that. We should have done that in twenty nineteen where it made sense and we our economy was literally get get this literally the best it's ever been in the history of America. That wait, is very- so wait wait twenty nineteen. Yes. You know, one would argue that Trump was actually piggybacking off of Obama. That's why the economy was so good. Well, here's the thing. It's it's not because of Donald Trump. Donald Trump, what he, all he does is he, he would tell, like, all these big investors that he knew, like, oh, yeah, like, he, he would get them in good spirit so that way they'd want to make, you know, big deals and they want to hotshot it. That's what they tried to do. Uh, with the GameStop stuff. They were all betting on GameStop to lose, and then some people on Reddit came together and saved GameStop and put all of Trump's buddies out of business. God. Well, I... And he was uh, just whipping them around in order to do that. They, he didn't really contribute anything to the economy. As a matter of fact, like wages were, were probably more stagnant under him than even Obama. You know, it was... Yeah, I don't think he was piggybacking. I, I just think that he let them run the show and it busted, and that's what we're seeing now, that Donald Trump just gave uh, Joe Biden a recession, and now that's going to plague Biden's first year. I, I um, So you believe in a, a communist economy, right? Uh, yes, I, I, believe, I believe in a uh, – well, as a tra- transitionary state, I believe in like – you know, state capitalism, where the government is pretty much going to run industry. There's no actual commodity production. In other words, like people aren't producing to buy and sell. People are producing because you need it. Right. But see, uh, it surprises me to hear that you're a communist, that you like communist economy, but you want minimum wage to be raised. Uh, well, here's here's the thing about it. Here's the thing about that, because with the minimum wage, I'm talking about just in the context of capitalism, obviously not in like my, you know, quote unquote, utopian, although I'm not a utopian, you know, that sort of view. Right. Like right. there's a, you got short term, you got long term. I think short term, mm-hmm. it would be beneficial for people to be under a fifteen dollar minimum wage. I think that would be beneficial for most people, mm. um, but not it's not ideal. Put it that way. Right, but uh, it's less it's effective. It's respectable. But it's respectable, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, but we're going to get in more into your communism views, um, communist views. Uh, I, I personally, or not personally, I know a lot of people who, like social democrat, you know, fall more, lie under that kind of category. Um, but I'm still learning about that stuff and I'm still trying to find, you know, my niche or whatever, um, when it comes yeah. to that and it, it takes time. And I hear, I listen to people like you and some of my friends that know a lot about stuff and I just take in some knowledge. I'm like, you know what, this would make sense with this. Uh, anyway, with that being said, I want to get into, um, and this, I'm not going to really touch on this that much. Um, I'm sure people are curious. I'm curious because I watched your podcast uh, with with Vosh, yes, um, yes, and I'm I really am so confused at what the hell is going on. All I heard was he released a a, a pick on Discord. You somehow got a hold of it. I don't know how. Um, and then like you went on social media and did some things. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. So, so I, I can I can explain all that. I know it sounds like I can explain. I can explain. Yeah, yeah, yeah I have to. Yeah. 
it, it's it's not like that. Like, I, I, I don't really think I did that much wrong. I mean, obviously in the time, yes, I was wrong. But I don't think, you know, that it's, it's like horrible, right? So the thing right. is, I had a friend, I'm not going to say his name because he wants his identity, you know, secret uh-huh. and hidden. Uh, but he sent me a picture of this individual, Vosh. And uh, keep in mind, he did not send me like, Vosh was nude in the picture, but the picture was censored. And I let me, re- you know, repeat that. It was censored. It was right. it was covered like you can't see nudity, right? And so he sent me this picture because obviously if somebody sends you a picture of like a grown man naked, like you're you're probably not going to respond that well to it. But it was oh, censored. Of course, yeah. Yeah, and I got I got a laugh out of it. And so any like, type of naked pictures, I probably won't respond. <laughs> but go yeah. on. But uh, so I was going to have this, and I ended up having one, and it was pretty disastrous. But the thing is. Uh, I was I, at, in this time I had scheduled just simply scheduled. I hadn't actually gone on Vosh's stream. Uh, I had just mm-hmm. scheduled the debate. And the thing is, we were in that, you know, that limbo phase of I scheduled it. Now I'm just waiting on it. He sent right. his followers and keep in mind, he's a pretty big, you know, YouTuber. Right, he is big as far as like I was uh, surprised to see you there. I was like, oh, Jesse. OK, cool, cool. All right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, but what happened is he sent all these, all of his followers to my, you know, Instagram and stuff. And they, lots of people in bad faith, you know, DMing me and stuff. And there was this one kid, I forget his name. Um, but he DM me and he was asking me why I was a Nazi or whatever, because he thought I was a Nazi uh-huh. <laughs> and because Vasha told him I was a Nazi and that's simply just not true. And said, like I said, all this about the Jewish question and you know all that horse shit that I didn't say, by the way. Right. But he he was under the impression that I was a Nazi, and he asked me, "Why are you a Nazi? Why do you believe this about the Jewish question and all that?" And so I didn't even really respond to this kid, and I just sent him that picture, mm. hoping he would get you know mad and frustrated and just leave. Right? Like I didn't want to talk to him. But what was Wash talking about? He was like saying something like you were on media, like making memes about him. Or were you about to get to that? Yes, 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 yes. So I was make me and my friends were making memes about him. Okay, so there's this meme about him. Uh, it's a pretty old meme now. It's not as relevant as it used to be. That uh, Vosh is a pedo, and uh, I don't actually believe he's a pedo. But the thing is, he has said enough inflammatory remarks about uh, the age of consent and stuff like that. Uh-huh. Uh where one could easily assume that. Right. And so we made memes about it, like, you know, the Chris Hansen, you know, let let's have a talk, sit down, that sort of thing. Oh. So we made memes like that. And so he got mad and he acted like I was the only person in the world that was saying this, although the entirety of like political YouTube was making these jokes on him. So it wasn't just me. Right. <laughs> And, and so, so, but so, is it, is it a joke to you, or is it like, do you still believe he's a pedophile? No, him, him and I are on good terms now. Like, well, good. no, I, I don't believe he's a pedophile. I, I think that he used to have problematic views on stuff like the age of consent, where he said, like, ideally in socialism, there should be no age of consent. Whereas I well, disagree with that. But so, are you saying he used to be a pedophile? No, no, I'm just, saying he used to he used to believe that there should be no age of consent. I don't know if okay. he's actually had sex with children. I assume not. Mm, I think yeah, I assume not guy. too. 
Yeah, I, I respect Vosh. Um, I've, I've watched some of his stuff. He's he's a pretty cool, funny guy because I watched him because my friend was a big fan of him as well, and he would show me videos of him. Um, I don't agree with a lot of things that he says, but uh, hey, I, that's a lot of people on YouTube I watch that I don't agree with, but I still watch because they're funny. Um, yeah, but with that being said, I mean, I agree. You touch. I mean, I, I'm glad, and I'm actually very, very, you know. Uh, honored to have you touch base with that because you know it's important to like just squash it and i want you to just clear the air with him on here and you already have so you don't have to do it again but um yeah just to like you know let him know you know it's all good and i heard about the story but i wanted to hear it from you because you know there's two sides to every story um right and you know i just i i reject the narrative that i you know sent a nude to a kid i don't think it's like it's a nude, technically, but the thing is, it's censored. So, like, where's the harm, in my view, right? right? Like, I didn't show an actual penis of, a, like, a grown man to a But like, you didn't send that. No, I, I didn't send, like, you know, a penis. I sent him, I just sent him, like, a censored picture. And who'd I actually put extra censored. I actually put more censoring on it, actually. Who, who'd you send it to? But, like I said, that kid that uh, slid up and he was, you know, asking me why I was a Nazi. Oh, oh! How old was that kid? He was sixteen. I was seventeen. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I can see how yeah. frustrating it can be on both sides. Um, but you know, like I said, I would like just clear the air. I I, I personally um, don't agree with sending photos to anybody. But um, like you said, you had it censored. But that, that's your philosophy. I think you know. To me. Uh, and I, I don't not. defend what I did. I don't think what I did was right, but I do believe that, uh, you know, I, I was angry. And so, like, I will say that, you know, that was definitely irresponsible me to do right. that. But I don't think it's and I don't think it's exactly like if I sent him if I were to send him an actual picture of Vosh's uh, penis, I don't think that'd be the, the same here. It's not right. It's no, and you probably won't be here. Right. Yeah. I, I'd be in jail. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, and that's respectful. I'm glad you're, uh, you're uh, you know, admitting to it and, you know, confessing up, manning up about it and, you know, yeah. admitting, you know, it's wrong and stuff. And I do agree it was wrong. Um, and just like I said, this is just clear in the air. And, you know, I respect Vosh. I respect you as well. So, you know, we, we've known each other for a long time. Um, so uh, let's just hope that this is never brought up again. Nope. And let's just hope that people who see it and want to know more about it have seen this and can just, close the books on it and we can just move on. Right. Yeah. All right. Life moves on, man. You know, you Life never know when on. your last day on earth is. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, oh, but I, I also another thing I've seen on your Instagram where I think it was like, I don't know if this was a joke or not. I just want to hear it from you. Um, it was like woman staying in the kitchen and then you agreed to that. You said, yeah, they should stay in the kitchen. What do you, what did you mean about that? Okay, so I actually was not agreeing to that. I was making jokes about it. Okay, okay. I'm glad that because I don't agree with that at all. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's yeah. crazy. That's pretty crazy. I was like, like, well, shit, this is about to go. This is gonna be like pretty, a pretty heated discussion. <laughs> yeah, that, that's about to take a turn. Um, but I, I, I seen that. And I was like, huh? I was like, Jesse? No, I was actually about to like over oh, uh second like have second thoughts about everything. I was like, huh, this is weird. Um, 
I don't think Jesse's that type of guy that would want just woman in the kitchen. Um, but yeah. Anyways, um, well, well, I'm glad we got that out. <laughs> um, we'll yeah, on. yeah, I, I definitely don't agree with that. Women in the kitchen stuff. Like my my daddy and my brother, they taught me, you know, a long time ago that a man has to, you know, man up and make his own damn sandwich because, like, if you wait on a woman, you're not a man at all. Right. Um, Dang. <laughs> that's that's. I mean, that's one hell of a mindset. I get that, man. You know. Yeah. Well, I mean, sometimes, you know, your parents, they raise you a certain way. You know, others may not agree with the way. I mean, like, see, a lot of people that would hear that, they would think that's kind of toxic masculinity. And then other people would hear that and be like, yeah, you got to toughen up. You know, yeah, what right, is right. your thoughts about toxic masculinity? Like, do you think um, it's not necessary to be that way? Like, you know, like a kid gets hurt, like toughen it up. Deal with it. Feel that pain. You need it. You know. Right, right. right. So, fellas, I'm going to be completely honest with you. If Dwayne the Rock Johnson, he's a big man, right? Yes. If he slid up in my DMs and said, "I'm going to whoop your ass," like I'm going to drag you out of your bed and whoop your ass, I right. would not believe him. And let me tell you why I would not believe him because he's saying it to me over a phone. Too many times you have lots of people who, you know, claim to be, you know, men and they, they make that their big deal. Like I'm a man. I tell my woman to get in the kitchen, you know, right. I, I'm Mr. Billy badass. I can whoop everybody. Right. Right. So, so and of course I'm, that's not me actually saying in cases right. somebody like clips yeah. me, you know, I'm not saying I'm Billy badass or that. Yeah. But there's yeah, lots I, of people that think that way that think that it is, you know, um, the right way to conduct yourself by being uh, quote unquote overly masculine when you're just compensating, you know, you're, you're not actually like manly. And the thing is, I think, and here's, here's a real hot take for y'all. I'm a gender abolitionist. I don't believe in gender. I think that we, sex is real. You know, we have males and females, right? That's real. Right. But I think like, just like, the way we have to conduct ourselves like nobody lives to just be a man or to just be a woman you live to be you you have a name you have right. a personality a man can have the same you know or, or rather similar nobody has the same personality but people have similar mm. uh, personalities because you know only you can be you but a man can have a similar personality to a woman so but that's because they're them not because they're a man or they're a woman what do you mean you don't believe in gender? Are you saying like that um, that gender doesn't exist? I'm saying that I believe gender expression is a way to divide uh, men and women uh, in socio. Uh, well, isn't that biological? No, no, sex sex is biological. Right. right okay. 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 Yeah. yeah. Got you. Got you. All right. So, so you're saying that there's you can't you don't believe in gender as in like you don't believe in associating yourself with one particular gender. You just believe in a lot of different genders so more than i, I two. think i just think the concept of separating you know the two sexes by gender and how you express yourself that there's people that live to be strictly men and there's people that live to be strictly women mm -hmm. and i think that's inherently a uh, backwards concept that people should just live to be who they are okay okay and i i, I respect I, that 100 um yeah i mean yeah uh, i get that um yeah so 
And, you know, I want to clear that up. And I wanted to go back to what we were talking about, communism. Yes. And you, you, you told me you're a communist. And I, I want to know, like, I want you to go in depth on what you mean by that. Because, you know, that could mean a lot of things. So in this country, not just this country in particular, but, you know, obviously we live in the United States. So this is a good example. We live in a country where I would define it as a dictatorship of the bourgeoisie. Now, what does that mean? A dictatorship of the bourgeoisie simply means it is a dictatorial government, not like actual, actual like dictatorship like in Russia or Benin right. or some country like that. Uh, it's dictatorship in the sense that it dictates, right? A dictator is somebody who dictates. And mm-hmm. the dictatorship... Uh, is carried out on behalf of the rich. That would be the bourgeoisie, the rich. So this mm. country, not just, like I said, not just this country in particular, lots of countries are guilty of this. I think all countries are, if you just ask me, but yeah. Mm. Yeah. That, yeah. Uh, that the law, the laws and, you know, multiple uh, various uh, factors in society favor the rich. You know, you take a rich man to court like OJ Simpson, what happens? He gets found innocent because he paid right. all them lawyers. He's got a Johnny Cochran up his sleeve. And so the government is set up with its property laws and stuff. Like you pretty much, if you're rich, um, you have to buy property. You you can't just swell up all that money. Like they, they will tax the ever-living daylights out of you. IRS, yeah, you're right. Yeah, they will tax you and they will make you, pretty much make you go buy property. And the thing is, there's lots of people in this country who their only job is to own property. And I don't really qualify that as a job because it's not producing anything for society, Uh, in my view. You don't think so? I I don't think it's like a job. What I view as a job is like productive labor. You produce something, right? Like a service Uh, or, uh, you know, just a good. Like you produce commodities and stuff like that. If simply your job is to own land, I don't think that's a job. Lots of people do that. I think communism looks good on paper, but when you actually apply it, it doesn't look. It's not good. Um, sure. So yeah, yeah. Do do you know any like uh, instances of where that happened? Or? Well, I actually, I, I actually don't. But the thing is, when you say that prop, uh, make selling property is not producing or doesn't count as a job. Uh, I kind of don't think that's true because when you are selling a house or selling a property in this case, um, you are because then those people who own that property have to pay bills. And then that's, you know, that's also producing, you know, economy because you're paying the government and the government for your bills, for your electricity, for your water. Um, yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not disputing the fact that it produces revenue, but that revenue is built off of productive labor. Those tenants... For example, and I'm mainly talking about landlords. I'm not even talking about like business owners. Yeah, I don't think business owners, it's not their fault. I'm not like, uh, but I'm talking about like landlords where their job is to own property. And so the way they make their money is these people, they, you know, they go to work and they're paid what little they're paid. Uh, you know, they, they spend it on like being able to live, you know, here in America, it said that 45% of the average American's paycheck, you know, they will not see it. They will not see 45% of their paycheck. Uh, taxes. Ta- you know, taxes, expenses, all that kind of stuff. 
Right. And, I, and, and that's, you know, that's really horrible considering the fact that me as a communist, I believe that uh, inherently, you know, and I'm not talking about like individual, like if you're a small business owner, I'm obviously not saying you're like a, you know, a scumbag or nothing, but it, you know, to own a business is to take from somebody's, you know, labor inherently, their labor is producing you value and it's making you wealth. And that's, you know, that's, there's nothing wrong with that in our society right now, because like we need wealth in order to survive. Right. But mm. that's that's just the problem. We've been put in this position where you have to turn on people in order to, you know, get by and make a decent living. You have to, like if you're Jeff Bezos, Jeff Bezos, uh, he makes people piss in bottles and he won't let them go to the bathroom and he'll tie <laughs> stuff to their ankles. Like he, he's he's put like alarms on their ankles and won't even let them go to the bathroom. They got to piss in bottles. So he's, I think he's a million times worse than like what you do because like him the value mm. he's created the how rich he is he's the richest man in the world isn't he i'm pretty sure mm. yeah i i see that thing I, I don't actually like think that when you take away uh you're saying hard labor is productive productive labor. and it needs to be that's that's what we need to to focus on is that what you're saying I'm saying productive labor is what creates value because all value comes from work, comes from your labor. And so I, I don't understand uh, why, like, so are you talking about, how about real estate? Real estate. So the reason that has value is because people build homes, right? Uh, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, so like if I were to have. But the people I'm who are doing real estate don't build it themselves. Man. Yeah. Well, I'm a rock mason, man. I build. I'm a rock mason and carpenter. I build houses for a living. And so uh, pretty much, you know, the reason anybody wants to buy a house instead of like a pile of rocks and some mortar and stuff like that is because somebody put in their labor to build a house, a house that you could live in. And that's what created the value in that. You know, if you were to take a house, how much would you pay for a house? All right. You set that aside. And then you pretty much were to take another example of, that house, that same house, but broken apart, every single material that went into it, all that money went into it, it just wouldn't stack up. The house that's fully built would still be worth more because of the labor, and the labor is what created that value. Oh, okay, and yeah, I agree with you on that, but you're saying that productive work, like you're saying that it has to be hard labor, you know, yeah, but, I don't but, think um, it necessarily has to be hard labor. For example, somebody that, uh, you know, my mom, she works in uh, exporting goods at Bowson Lum. And uh, so she, like, pretty much sells uh, eyewear and stuff like that uh, to foreign countries. And so what she does is intellectual labor. She doesn't actually get up in the warehouse and work and, you know, push uh, ship, ship uh, shipments across right, right, you know, right. borders. She sits in an office all day. And she's on the phone with these people, and she's using her intellectual labor in order to do that. So I think that's equally valuable. As a matter of fact, I think that might even be more valuable because if, had it not been for her, like th those guys out there in the warehouse, you know, wouldn't be there because they would have no reason to be there. They're not producing anything. Without what country do you think has the best economy right now? Well, I think all countries in the world are capitalist, my friend, but I think as far as best, uh, 
that's hard because I mean it, it depends on what you mean by best. You know, like there's multiple different measurements. Well, there's certain states. There's certain states in China, Cuba, Vietnam. They're working towards a communist. Um, they're working towards a communist and socialist establishment. Uh, well, I, well, I would disagree with that. I, I would, I would say that those countries are what I like to call revisionist. I, I don't believe that they're actually communist. I think they're opportunists. No, they're not. They're not. I'm saying they're working towards that. Right, and I don't, I don't even believe they're working towards that. I think they're just trying to use the name of communism in order to, you know, gain power and become dictators. So you think communism gains power and is dictator, uh, like gains dictator, uh, dictatorship? You have lots of people in history that use the name of Marxism and use the name of communism in order to say, like, well, you, you can't, you know, question what I'm doing because I'm working for communism, man. That's what I'm doing. I'm working to build communism and you're trying to stop me. But that's that's just not true. Lots of times mm. these guys are just trying to use that as power grabs. And that's unfortunately what happens. And that it doesn't even have to happen in a big country setting. It can happen locally. As far as you know, little little groups. For example, the Why Black Panthers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, um, they were communists. Why do you think that communism doesn't exist anymore? Well, I, as the, much the last the last working example of communism, according to Karl Marx, and keep in mind I'm a Marxian, so that's what I that's what I closely follow. Okay. I follow the works of Karl Marx. Uh, the last working example of communism was primitive communism, and that would be the Garden of Eden. Okay, and uh, so why did we not learn from that? Why? Okay, so why did we stop going with communism? What was the thing that made it where it was like, yeah, communism is not it? Because it wasn't post-scarcity. It was simply just class, classless. And let me explain what that means. Post-scarcity is just simply the act of running out of stuff, right? That's why we have money. Yeah, I know that is. Yeah, we, we don't have, you know, everything of everything right now, but there's not an infinite amount of resources. But scarcity increases value. Right, exactly, because there's, you know, a certain demand for somebody's labor, right? Right. And so... But everybody has to work. Yes, yes. In order for it, communism to work. Well, not for communism to work, to get to socialism, which is the lower end of communism yes but ultimately in communism the idea is to abolish most forms of work although not entirely i would agree not entirely uh, but most forms of work are going to be abolished because they're going to be run by machines and the problem with capitalism you know wanting to automate this and i've talked with people about this before that they said in 2050 almost 60 percent of jobs are going to be automated right their machines are going to be doing them and so okay. When, when the machines truly like take over, what's going to happen then is you're going to see a lot like what we're seeing now, except like a lot more. You know, the lockdown mode pretty much. For no, nobody's going to work as much. Nobody's going to be working. And the thing is, if nobody's working, nobody's getting paid. If nobody's right. paying, nobody can buy anything. If nobody's buying anything, there are no rich people and capitalism collapses. So you're so what saying are we do after that, we are. That yeah, you're saying that like that be the the well, I guess you can say in the future. Also, said that there was robots that do the the work. Okay, and then just just the future. Um, we're it's it's here. the robots, and they do they do pretty much most everything for us. If you want to take out your garbage, they'll go do that. 
Exactly. Now, anything you don't personally want to do, if you're a painter, I'm not going to take the job from you. It, it, yeah. It's not going to be like your job job. You're not getting paid for it because you don't need to. You have everything you could ever want. But do you think that's that's a good time to apply the process of, or not process, but the establishment of communism is when we are taking over our jobs or, or our physical jobs are being taken over by machinery? Well, to quote Karl Marx, you have nothing to lose but your chains at that point. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. Uh, well, I mean, I don't want to waste any more time talking about this because we've already been through an hour, and I actually want to talk about something that's personal with you, which is the fact that you uh, came out – or not came out, but you, you recently were talking about being a Quaker? Yes, yes. I that I am a Christian, right? So Right. Uh, my denomination of Christianity is Quakerism. I'm a Quaker. And okay. so there's lots of people in the history. We've even had like two U.S. presidents who were Quakers. You had Richard Nixon and you had Herbert Hoover. Now, those are not exactly the greatest examples of presidents. Not at uh, all. Yeah, they yeah. were the worst presidents in history. <laughs> right. Yeah, some of the, yeah, some of the worst. In Literally the top three. T top five, yeah. Top, top five worst for sure, yeah. yeah oh, yeah, for sure. And so, like, that probably isn't a good look on us Quakers. But the thing is, what we're we're pretty simple folk, right? We don't believe in dressing super flashy. You know, some people do. They believe in, like, being really vain with the way they dress. That they got to have, you know, the cool Yeezys. And don't get me wrong, Yeezys are some good-looking shoes, right? I mean, right. I, I ain't got no problem with Yeezys. But, mm -hmm. you know, I just don't believe in, like, being vain, right? But, um, you know, yeah, yeah. So you don't believe in like, like, okay, so I would have to disagree for one reason, because I think that if you have the money, it's best to spend it than to just hold on to that money and just like, you know, act a little greedy, like, hey, you know, I want to keep saving, keep saving. I think it doesn't matter if you are wearing a, a good looking watch or, you know, good looking shoes. Um, it's a reflection of who you are. And like you said, with gender, you know, you just be you. And I think that's part of a human's characteristic is to be, to, is, is represents what they wear. Um, you could tell a lot about expressing a person. Expressing and like clothing. Expressing, right? yeah, exactly. And uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But I, what I do think it's wrong is where, like you said, flashing. I think when you use the word flashing, it that kind of like takes on a turn of saying that they're being cocky or not humble um that i don't agree with but just because you're wearing a nice looking watch a good shoe and great pants good looking shirt that doesn't mean you're being cocky it just means you decide to wear a good no no I'm not, I'm not saying and like, you're clean and I, I, you're not I flashing say, uh, well no yeah. i did i didn't actually say flashing I'm, i was saying flashy yeah no that's what i meant to say flashy yeah and, when, and i'm not saying it as a means of like those people are necessarily arrogant, but I do think that there are plenty of arrogant people that do that. For example, like Logan Paul, I'm sure, you know, you're familiar with him. I'm familiar. But we, yeah. we can never, we can he never like, tell he likes to flex on people. He likes to flex on people. I can see that. But I mean, like, you know, to me, I, I think it's all about the intentions and only, only God can tell intentions. Um, humans can't really tell intentions. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
and that's fine. Like, Never I'm, know. I'm not saying like, Paul... you have to agree with me, but I'm saying like that's just how us Quakers express ourselves. Right, right, exactly. And I respect that. I respect everybody's opinions. And we're very, we're very, you know, simplistic. We don't want, we don't have to wear clothing like. So, that. what's the difference between the Quakers and uh, Amish? <laughs> yeah, that's that's a big one. I always hear from people. So, Amish, uh, lots of them are what's called Luddites. They don't believe in technology, right? We, we Quakers, we're not against progress, although we're not like super big and the super like flashy clothes. Like, I, I, you know, I wear a pair of like white, you know, sneakers, man. I wear some Jordans, right? Those are fine. I love those Jordans. Uh-huh. But they're not like, again, they're not super flashy. They're not like mega, mega colorful. They're just pretty simple, but they still look very, very nice. And I, I think lots of people would agree with me on that. Mm-hmm. Those shoes probably look pretty nice. You know, the Jordan 3s? Yeah, I haven't seen them. <laughs> the Jordan 3s, you, you got to see them, man. They're, they're a great shoe. But anyways, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, we, well, I, I like I, I'm it. not saying like we have to wear all black and white, but I'm saying like, you know, generally speaking, like solid colors is like what we wear. We, we don't wear like super like bright, you know, stuff. Although I got to admit to you, you know, as a Quaker, I absolutely love hot pink, right? I love hot pink. That's okay. probably one of my favorite colors. No, I like that color too. It's not bad. And yeah, uh, I like that color. Is it is it like part of a Quaker tradition? Is it like um, you know, to or is it, is it Amish to where like you get 13, 10 years or something like that to like go out in public and uh find your identity or something like that? I think I think that was like an Amish well, that that sounds like an Amish thing because like with the Quakers we're not that strict we're not super strict with anything. Mm, mm. And do you wear like the the hat or whatever or no? No, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's Amish, brother. Because the thing is, like, we don't really confine to that many rules. I'm sure there's even Quakers that disagree with me about like the flashy clothing. Oh, sometimes okay, I'm guilty. And sometimes I'm guilty of wearing flashy clothing, but generally speaking, you know, I, I don't like to. I think I express myself better as me rather than, you know, just like my clothing. And I respect people that, you know, they say, well, well, I'd like to, you know, express myself through my clothing. I believe that's who I am. That, that's totally fine. I'm fine with that. But that's just not who I am. Um, do you believe that – so you don't believe in the fact that, like, how churches, how churches ran, do you? Uh, I don't agree, especially with the Baptist church and how the Baptist church is ran, no. Uh, okay, why? So the Southern Baptists, here's the reason I left them, and some of them might get mad about me saying this, but I'll just go ahead and tell them. But, uh, yeah, uh, they they were pretty pretty violent in one of their sermons that I was hearing, and that, that's oh, no. actually what pushed me to be a Quaker because they were, like, preaching some really, really outrageous stuff. Uh, there was this guy that I knew. Uh, I'm not going to say his name, obviously, but the thing right, is, right. like, he was a victim of police brutality. Okay. He stole a Mr. What was it, Mr. Goodbar from like a candy, not not candy store, but like a gas station. Okay. And uh, my church was straight up defending, you know, uh, my church at the time was straight up defending, you know, the ass whooping of this guy. Mm. And I could not abide well, by that okay. like it was it was horrible for do me. you think I, that was like okay I, I i see what you're saying but does it would, would that mean um that small experience lets you get in the way of the fact that being a baptist christian 
could be the right way. I mean, I'm not a Baptist. I'm just saying this is just a question, yeah. like just introspective kind of thing. Um, well, the, the thing is, it made me question, you know, who and all I was around and the certain beliefs they had. And that's what, you know, it didn't exactly like say, oh, I had to completely change everything because that one session. I don't think that's true. What well, happened? Did they was, say anything during like the, did the priests or preacher, did he say anything during uh, while he was like speaking? Because, you know, I know they speak and they preach. Did yeah. he say anything during his preach that made you feel like, you know, this is not right? That Yeah, that's what he was talking about. He was defending it. Oh, he was and talking he, about that during his preach? Yeah, and then he was like, it wasn't even the preacher either. It was like the Sunday school teacher. And he was like, and, and his justification for this was saying like, and if you disagree with me, you simply just hate our God. They're plain and simple, and that's what he said. Oh, okay. Well, so he was I would like, have just left that church. I wouldn't have left the whole religion, but I would have left the church. I, I agree well, with you. Well, it, it, prompted, it prompted me to start asking Baptists more questions, you know, because I was raised Southern Baptist, right? Uh -huh. I started asking them more and more questions, and so I got around to really figuring this out and saying, like, I don't really agree with this. And uh -huh. so, I, you know, I found sanctity and quakerism and so i started speaking to quakers and i've you know found that and amongst other you know i'm not saying like i immediately said quaker that's it like no i looked around yeah. and I, I did like some soul yeah personal experiences yeah yeah and i and i found it you know just to be uh, evident in you know what i believed and what was a, a virtue to me uh-huh uh-huh and yeah and that's respectable man i i you know i respect that i definitely respect your views on religion we all have different views i have my own views you have your own views um and that's cool and uh, uh that's amazing that you found a certain religion uh do you, do you want me to call it a religion is that okay i don't know yeah yeah it's it's it's, it's a religion it's like just a denomination it's a really you, you old denomination of christianity i don't believe in traditions i know that rituals or anything like that we are probably one of the most progressive branches though even though like we're really old okay okay yeah, well, yeah, y'all are pretty old. Like y'all have no, y'all have no, y'all, y'all definitely gonna have, you know, progression. This is how older y'all, y'all are. I mean, progress is gonna be made, you know, throughout the years. Um, yeah. With that being but, said, good. Mm -hmm. We about to say something. Oh yeah, yeah, and just one more thing. Like, it's not just like the simplicity and like that that sense that also like makes us particularly. Uh, you know, particular right to Quakerism. Like that's that's not all it's about. It's also about you know nonviolence, and that's one of the things that I did was mm -hmm. I wanted to give up violence to God because at the time you know I was I was pretty angry. I was I didn't agree with violence. I didn't think my God was a violent God. I don't think yeah. Jesus Christ was violent. And I think lots of people would agree with me that Jesus Christ wasn't violent. No, but uh, yeah, and, and the thing is like that's one of the things like I, you know, I got on my knees and I prayed and I said, I have to give this up because it's, it's just breaking my heart. And so, I mean, I think any religion doesn't believe in violence. Yeah. Yeah. But I think like the Baptists were too, you know, like that they're a little too extreme. A think? lot of them, I'm going to be honest with you. I think a lot of them are hypocrites. Well, yeah, uh, I, th I, you know, I found some hypocrites in every religion, but, yeah. Uh, be, being in the South, I do find a lot of Christian, like Baptists, even Catholics, who are a little hypocritical. But you know, because I'm in the South, and you know, there's a lot of Christians in the South, and so yeah. you're not going to find any other religious 
well, you are uh, like like you, for instance. You know, that's that's a form of Christianity, right? Yeah, it's a really old form of Christianity. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so you know, I, I do found some find a lot like you said a lot of contradictions and and a lot you know that's when you ask questions and that's when you learn and i think that's what you've done and you've learned and you you have came to your own conclusion you know that quakerism is your way to go um is there anything else like is there any other experiences that made you feel like you know this is right like i, I feel right in this well in this. i just remember feeling really inspired you know that the religion of Quakerism was pretty much founded by a, a guy named George Fox. George Fox, I was reading more and more about mm-hmm. him, and like I was really inspired, you know, in this in this uh, soul searching period when I was reading about him, how he would pick up the Bible, all right, right, and he'd read from it, and then he'd close it, pick up the Quran, the you know, uh, the mm-hmm. Muslim more holy text, yeah, and he would pick up the Quran and he would. Read, pick up, pretty much pick up where he left off uh, in the Quran. Wow. Okay. And he was he was that talented that he you know knew Arabic like the back of his hand and he knew English and he was just how about the Torah? Incredible. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if he read the Torah, but uh, I know that he tried to re- reconcile a lot of uh, discrepancies between particularly you know uh, Christians and Muslims mm-hmm. and you know as you know at that time like in the puritan age you know muslims still had even today muslims uh, had problems with like particularly catholics right right yeah well i mean i i'm i could tell you right now there's a lot of problem in the world with accepting people's religious views um and you know when some people hear me you know like for instance if i was to say that i am quaker like you yes they would judge they'd be straight to judge and you know it's like if you, you say you're muslim they'll be straight to judge call you a terrorist and all this yeah that, um, that's that's common with you know and i thought that that's what we have a problem with in this country is to accept people's religious views um especially because it's so so diverse and the united states is so diverse you're gonna find people with different uh religions different cultures different views and so you're gonna have to accept that. And I think in Quakerism, when you told me about what what was that Fox, George Fox, is that? Yeah, George Fox. Uh, when you told me about him, it made me feel like you know that's cool that he was reading both the Quran and the and the Bible, which people don't do around here. I know they don't do because they assume that whatever they're thinking about Muslims or whatever they think about Jewish people that's in the Quran or it's in the Torah. And yeah, it does say in your holy text. And I'm like, do you even know what verse, do you know what page, do you know exactly what you're talking about? And most of the time it's a no, no, they don't know what they're talking about. And they act like they know what they're talking about, but they don't, learn from others and they don't read others they don't try any other religions um so when i heard george fox I, I i could see why you got inspired by that that's pretty that's pretty amazing of course man and hey you know but we can all learn from each other uh, from christians to muslims to jews you know whatever we can learn from each other as people exactly well this has been good talking to you jesse um it's been an hour and 15 minutes and i know you had to go like 35 minutes ago and uh, we just got too deep into the discussion and it, you know, I appreciate yeah. you, man. 
appreciate you yeah, being of here. Of course, of course. It was a great talk. I really enjoy you two boys, and thank you for your time. No problem, man. Uh, this is Excel's podcast, Excel Talks, which are talents what we have on the show. And we'll see everybody again. Please stay tuned. Um, thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm.